Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On uh, globalnews.ca, I was reading Jeff Semple's uh, column today, Inside the ICU, what staff at a Toronto hospital have learned about COVID-19. And uh, we're going to talk to Jeff Semple right now, uh, senior correspondent, Global News, uh, Global National in Toronto. And, uh, of course, last weekend, or last week, Tuesday and Wednesday, there was uh, uh, two programs on uh, what goes on inside an intensive care unit during the COVID-19 pandemic? Jeff, great to have you on the show. Um, it's so, I found your column to just, it just grabbed me right away because you, you focused on an individual, a man who ended up with COVID-19 and had no idea why because he was staying at home and he hadn't put himself at any risk. And yet here he was fighting for his life. Yeah, that's right, Roy. And I th- yeah, I mean, I found that that story equally chilling and we've heard you know stories like his his name is ray gentle he's 55 years old lives in toronto uh, and he'd been doing uh what you know a lot of us have been doing staying home not going out uh you know besides perhaps a quick trip to the grocery store when you need to get the essential stuff but and that's why when he said he started feeling really really exhausted and run down for days like really could barely you know get a get off the couch without feeling you know wiped uh, but he didn't think, he said, he, he said his wife actually suggested, you know, I hope you don't have COVID-19. And he, he sort of scoffed at it. He said, there's no way, right? Because I have been staying inside and just feeling unwell. And then they, he described this moment where he tries to get off the couch and suddenly he said it felt like his lungs were collapsing inside him. His breath, you know, shortage of breath. He starts hyperventilating, starts sweating like a pig, he said. And just fell back down onto the couch. So his wife calls 911, and they got there and got him into hospital in the nick of time. I mean, he, he came very close to losing his life, according to hospital staff. Um, and, you know, his, his story is also chilling, Roy, because it, it's another example of what hospital officials and staff say they've seen a lot, where people, especially the very sick patients, they can just sort of feel crummy and rough and flu-like for up to 10 days and then suddenly the virus goes into serious attack mode their lungs start to fill with fluid uh and as one uh, one doctor dr jamie spiegelman put it this is a very smart virus because it gives itself say around nine days to be contagious to other people before it essentially goes in for the kill yeah uh i i've been i've been noticing particularly recently stories about individuals who uh are diagnosed with covid19 they've been not feeling well as you said for some period of time but then they're diagnosed with uh with covid19 and three days later they die it is it, it yeah. just seems to have that just cruel knockout punch so, so when you're uh you know when you're at the icu at Humber River Hospital in Toronto when uh, Global News was there, and there were 15 COVID-19 patients in the unit. When you're in the ICU, there's real concern for survivability. What's it like in that unit? Yeah, you know, it's it's strange because in, in a, it, it was much quieter than we expected. I mean, one of the doctors sort of described it as, as eerily quiet, and that's because there are 
a number of beds that are empty. Uh, the hospital, like a lot of hospitals, just has not seen the rush of COVID-19 patients that they expected. Uh, and, you know, they've also seen, by the way, a, a serious drop in other non-COVID-19 patients. Their, their emergency room is down by 40%, uh, which is a whole other you know issue here. They're wondering what's going on, right? People aren't driving as much, so that's part of it. You know, fewer car accidents, but there's also the suspicion that people who are sick are staying home and sort of sitting on their symptoms. They're reluctant to go in because they don't want to go in the hospital because that's where all the COVID-19 patients are, right? And and we've seen examples and are seeing examples of, of that catching up to us now uh, where people who are really ill are not going into hospital until it's too late, and you know even if they don't have COVID-19. Um, so the, the ICU was, was actually quiet, but of course the patients who are there, as you say, they're the ones in intensive care. They're the ones who are fighting for their lives. Um, and what we're seeing over and over again, as you mentioned, is that people, you know, patients can be on oxygen and be feeling okay. And then suddenly they, they just can't breathe anymore and they're really fighting to breathe. So more and more of these patients are being put on ventilator machines, which requires an intubation, which is a very tricky and very high risk procedure, high risk, not only for the patients, but also for the medical staff, because they're in really close contact with these patients. They're putting a tube into their airway to help them breathe. Uh, and, you know, there's a real potential to get the virus themselves to become highly contagious when you're doing an intubation. So the staff members, you know, it's actually, it's, it was sort of strange because things seem to sort of move in slow motion in, in the ICU because they're just putting on so much gear before they go into a patient's room, for example. Um, but then they have to move very quickly because the, one another concern with COVID-19 is that you are, you know, a sick patient has a really low reserve of oxygen. So normally, if you take a patient off of an oxygen mask, according to one of the doctors, you've got, you know, two minutes up to five minutes before they start really running out of oxygen. And with COVID-19, that can happen in seconds. Uh, so they have to move very quickly. And we actually, you know, our crew was witness to a patient who almost died while being intubated. Her heart stopped for 10 seconds. And they managed to bring her back by doing chest compressions. But it is, you know, it is a very raw, very emotional, very intense environment and probably nowhere more so than the ICU. In uh, your column today, uh, you write that uh, medical teams say that they uh, patients are presenting with health realities the medical teams have never seen before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, 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 they've never seen it because they it presents in so many different ways. Right. Um, and they still don't know exactly how it works. And I think it's, you know, that I think was a good reminder even for me, you know, we talk, as the conversation nationally sort of shifts to lifting restrictions and turning the corner, right? Have we, you know, we kind of, we did it, right? We've, we seem to be winning the fight, at least, you know, relatively speaking. Uh, but, you know, you go into the hospitals and, and you, you're reminded that this fight is ongoing. Um, they don't know, you know, how this disease works why it targets certain people. I mean, you know, we, it is true, and it's true in that hospital, like other hospitals, older people get sicker than younger people. But at that hospital, we saw a 23-year-old woman uh, who was very sick. We saw a couple guys in their 40s who were critically ill on ventilators. Um, often these are people who already had an underlying medical condition, but, you know, we're talking about a heart issue or something as simple as diabetes. Not that diabetes is simple, of course, but we're talking about people who are living their lives and then they get this and they get really yeah. sick. And it doesn't matter how old you are, uh, the older people tend to be worse affected. And that's the thing, it's that this virus presents itself in so many ways and that it, and they've seen it move really quickly, as I say, it can, you know, it can make people feel kind of sick for up to 10 days before they get, you know, really sick. 
A lot of people have uh, underlying conditions like asthma. I think um, 10% of the population, I think it's 10% of Canada's population has asthma to one degree or another. And it's usually controllable. You have the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an asthmatic. I've been an asthmatic since I was a little kid. And it's really gotten my attention. My, uh, I have a, a sort of powder inhaler. I use it twice a day. And the asthma is really not top of mind anymore. But it's become top of mind because of this this virus. And uh, and these underlying conditions, when they follow us into a doctor's office or into a hospital, they suddenly become or can become an emergent reality. You also, Jeff, you had the opportunity to speak to Dr. Susan Torrey, who's the daughter of Mayor John Torrey of Toronto, who's a hospitalist. Well, what's a hospitalist? Yeah, a hospitalist is, uh, is an interesting role. It's actually relatively new. Uh, you know, not well, not perhaps little known, I guess. I think it's fair to say. I, I certainly hadn't heard of it. Um, and their job is to care for patients who are sick in the emergency ward, for example, but are in stable condition. So, you know, they're very sick, but they're not fighting for their lives. So a hospitalist will look after those patients, the inpatients, so they're having okay. to be admitted to hospital. And Dr. Susan Torrey was, uh, yeah, she was very impressive. Um, I mean, her job has taken on new importance, not only because these patients are, you know, most of their patients with COVID-19, and that hospital has about 80 of them right now, most of them fit into that category. They're sick, but they're stable. So they fall into Dr. Tory's domain. Um, but one of the things you notice in the hospital that sort of strikes you as strange as soon as you walk in is that there are no flowers, no balloons, no visitors, right? There are no visitors allowed in the hospital right now, and that's especially true for COVID-19 patients. And that is tough. I mean, sometimes these patients are there for weeks, over a month, uh, I mean, some never leave, of course, they never leave alive, and their family members aren't allowed to go in and see them. So Dr. Tory, um, it tries to be this sort of go-between. She's dealing with the family in a more intimate way on the phone, and then she's also dealing with the patient, and she's in there. I mean, you know, these COVID patients are, are treated like they're pretty toxic, right? You go, they come into the hospital, and everyone around them is, is layered in gear, and you know, nobody gets too close. But her job is to go in there and to hold their hand, and to talk to them about how they're doing. And her face is right close to their face, but she's wearing protective gear. Um, and, you know, she tries to care for them. And, and it's, a, it's a lot. I mean, in one day that we were there dealing with her, she, you know, dealt with, you know, there were just, it was one sort of heartbreaking story after another. You know, a lot of these were COVID patients, but one of the most heart-wrenching ones was a elderly woman who was reluctant to come to hospital because she wasn't feeling well, but she didn't want to go to hospital because she was worried about COVID-19. But she was feeling a lot of aches and pains, so she eventually went in on her family's insistence. They bring her in. Um, she's this sweet old lady and talking about, you know, she's worried about her dogs that have been left at home. She's, she was 90 years old, still living independently and still, you know, still having a conversation and seemed to be quite with it. She tested negative for COVID-19, but doctors discovered she had lecu lecu acute oh, leukemia. Oh and so, and she died the next day oh my goodness. after our visit. And it oh was just, goodness. I mean, Dr. Tori said it was like, she, that case just followed her around. Like she couldn't get past it because there was this woman who, yes, was 90 years old, but was still, you know, alive and kicking and, and just was reluctant to go into hospital. And I thought that really underscored, I think, a message, a takeaway perhaps from our experience there was that, you know, people who are feeling sick at home but are afraid to go into hospital because of COVID-19 should still, you know, feel like they, they, they need to get, you know, get the help you need, right? And, and yeah. there are beds available too, right? I mean, the hospital is not overrun in, this, 
in the way they expect it to be. And I think, you know, that was just a day in the life of Dr. Tori. And then we went, she went home that day, and then she goes home to her two daughters who are three years old, six years old. Uh, very cute, but a lot of work. And she talked about coming home and crying, right, and trying to keep check that emotional baggage at the door and just how hard that is, especially at a time like this. Remarkable, remarkable people. And they do it because they care. And we owe them so much. And uh, we're also finding out who the great journalists are as we uh, as we follow through with the what's happening with the pandemic. And I'm not saying this because you're on the air with me, but you're one of them. And uh, just listening to you now, um, the word pictures uh, stay with us. Thank you so much, Jeff. Great talking to you. Thanks. Great talking to you. Thanks, Roy. Take care. All the best. Jeff Semple, uh, Global News, Global National Senior Correspondent in Toronto. Wow. What a story. And it just gets, it just, it just envelops us. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.